0: And when we feel again in our bodies, when we're comfortable,
1: then we can trust more. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to telling relatable stories that inspire a fluid approach to life, purpose, and to navigate change. In our modern world, with plenty of input from the outside world, The trend seems to be gaining momentum of going in and deepening our ability to trust our intuition. Paula Hartland, certified international life coach, Reiki and mind body counselor, hypnotist and nonviolent communications instructor has for the past 30 years been educating and working with women and couples in various life stages, looking to shift from the inside out. It is her passion and life's work to show you how easy it is to develop your intuition to trust taking the next step. Paula, welcome, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here and taking the time to chat with me today. And, you know, I, I, w- when preparing for this, I thought about it. You know, intuition is so historically profoundly effective in helping us to make decisions and give us confidence to follow through. But in these modern times, it does get disregarded. Um, why in your practice and what you've seen, why do you think that is?
0: Well, first of all, intuition is considered a higher state of mind. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a higher mental faculty. It's, it's a muscle I think, mm-hmm. and it just needs to be exercised. Yeah. Um, uh, it is one of our mental faculties that we have, just like we have imagination or we have perception. But why do we not trust those higher faculties has, in my opinion, to do with how we were raised as children to in various ways not trust ourselves in order to get along and please and feel safe with our caregivers um, and and that 's handed down generationally there 's no I have no judgment of other mother of mothers and caregivers it 's just what our culture has done over time, which has been be a dominant authority figure with children so that children stop trusting whatever their, their own, their own intuition is, their own feelings are their own impulses, you know? And so my work is so much today about working with mothers and children. So that
1: I think that's amazing. I just want to stop for a second and say that, because maybe there were a lot of children in the household and they, they needed to just behave and mom needed to be the alpha and there wasn't room or space to hear what the, the child was needing or what they were feeling. And that just wasn't done. And so it was just get in line and do what we say and behave yourself and blah, blah, blah. But now I think that, um, mothers, uh, want their children to maybe have a different experience, you know, one, one other than when they were growing up. And it doesn't mean that that was bad, so to speak, but they're looking for something that allows their children a little more something that isn't what uh, they had and developing confidence in trusting their path. Uh, And I think that your work its sounding to me like you're really doing a lot of work of uh, working with mostly moms, probably, um, who, who are teaching their children to trust their intuition and maybe the, a, tr- a certain type of resilience.
0: Resilience is a part of trusting yourself.
1: Yes. Resi- I have,
0: resilience to me has three components. One, trusting yourself. Two, knowing how to express yourself kindly. Yeah. And three, recognizing that this great universe is always providing us what we need. Life does work. So we learn how to listen from the inside through our intuition and not over-controlling everything. We learn to listen to and we learn to be receptive of what's in front of us. So that's my definition of resilience. But with moms now, moms do want their children to be whole happy children every mother. yeah and what it does take though and being a mother myself it takes us as mothers being willing to recognize that when we're uncomfortable with something our child is doing that that has more to do with us and some pattern inside of us that says i'm not i wasn't allowed to do that or that's going to get that's going to cause trouble Alert! I'm, and we have more um, anxiety about what our child is doing because of our old pattern and what we learn, how we learn to behave. So it's really important. And moms are doing this and moms are learning to do this is to recognize, well, why does it really upset me that my daughter is wanting to play with the Madonna doll all the time? Why mm. does that really worry me? You know, things like that. Right. Right. When, when our child is not, viewing what they're doing from our history. And we have to really, really look in and understand well, what am I really concerned about? And is, is this is this really just mine and not my child's? That's
1: one important It's thing. their reality is not your reality. No. Even even though you're living together in that moment, you have a whole history that they don't even have. Right. And I think they a don't lot have of an
0: association with a Madonna doll that a mother might have about being objectified you know sexual objectification you know it's like they don't, little ones don't know that they just know she's pretty and i want to be pretty or whatever you know
1: so give me some examples is it is it a deeper thing like that or is it sort of um i i don't require my children to say please or thank you because i feel that that's da da da, da. i mean what how, what are the levels of how you work with parents and they, and they, um, work with their children?
0: This is where I encourage parents to have an open dialogue about whatever's going on with their child. Yeah. Just ask questions. Hmm. Tell me more about that. Or, yeah. and, but also be willing to say, well, I'm not feeling comfortable, um, I'll give you a funny little example. And I've written about it, about lying or or fibbing, you know, and and my daughter, Jenna, when she was five, she came running into the house one day and said, mom, um, Sarah says that um, I can go with her to Disneyland tomorrow. And I knew that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. I knew that really wasn't true. There was but rather than say, I don't think so, honey. I don't think she said that. I went, oh, really? Yeah, she said. And I said, gosh, I'm getting a funny little niggling feeling in my belly right now. I don't know what that's about. And she looked at me and she goes, she didn't really say that, mom. (laughs) And then I said, "Oh, oh, thank you, honey. I just wondered what that was about. I was like, oh, yeah, I feel better now. Oh, okay. All right. So that's a way of not putting my, my opinion on her or my judgment on her, yeah. but at least still being honest about mm, something not feeling quite right.
1: Right. But I'm going to just really quickly talk to you about, about what you just said. And I loved that um, the, the fibbing and all of that is, a, is an issue. But I think, too, it's the space, giving children the space to actually talk to you. Because I, I raised a boy and a girl, and my daughter was all about talking to me all the time. So, and my son, it was a different story altogether. And I found these opportunities, which again, I made sure in my work that I was available enough to be present, to hear them. And I felt like I could have five children and they would all be completely different. So me pushing my idea of who they were on them was useless. I wanted them to come out and be who they were. And I found that there's these periods that I could just be with them and they would sort of, just like things floating up to the top, they would start talking and, um, honoring those things and um, behaviors, I think. I think children innately want to be good. I think they just really want to be oh, happy absolutely. and good.
0: Our teacher is to be loving, yeah, absolutely, and kind and respectful. And, and
1: so, so when you when you, when you're talking to moms, what are they coming up against that they're finding is? Difficult. Maybe they're still working a bit and they're trying to, you know, they get really caught up in their life and schedules. Like what are you, what are like maybe the three things that you deal with, with these moms that you feel is, is really common?
0: The most common is shame. I'm not doing things well enough as a mom. And my life is so busy or the pandemic is so hard and I don't know what to do. And I feel shame that I can't do more. And oh my that's what we work with the most so that, and there are a lot of, there are more children now that are being diagnosed with ADHD and, um, and autism. And then there's shame about, well, did I do something to create that? And is when my, when my son is running all around the place and not following what other kids are doing and, you know, am I a bad parent am I, you know, so that's, that's happening a lot right now, those kinds of things. And we work with, no, this is what is happening. This is how things are. Shame is a very deep feeling that's really buried inside of all of us. Yes. Even from infancy, when, when we didn't get what we needed quite right, we could only internalize it's because something's wrong with us. When things don't go well, it's because of us. So when things aren't going well for a mother with their child, the first thing she tends to do is say, I must be doing something wrong, and I don't even want to talk about it.
1: And that is so true, and I think a lot of moms feel shame that they're just not enough, that they can't do enough, that they're, you know, because it's, it is that moment you hold that baby, that newborn baby in your arms, you just go, oh my gosh it's that moment of reckoning of, can I, can I really, this is big. And, you know, you carry the baby and all of that and, you know, but that for me, it was that moment of, Oh my God. And so, you know, we do, I think question ourselves. And so that goes back to the intuition and really, you know, trusting your own, your own guidance and truth to, to you have this child for a reason with all their goods and bads, you have that child for a reason. And they're, teaching you as much as you're teaching them, right? I'm sure you probably discuss that a lot with your clients.
0: We need support. We need so much support. I'm so sorry about this construction
1: now. So you know what, though? This is this the way it is during this COVID. We have people walking in, dogs, noise. And so what we have to talk about is is really important. And I do want to finish it with you because I think it's so important for moms to get this support right now, especially I know a few women that are younger with small children at home and they're trying to work and they are just about to crumble. And I feel so, so bad for them because I know that they're just having the, you know, I did well today, and oh, I did terrible yesterday. And they just are having a lot of difficulty. And, and you're offering support to these moms. Um, right. Do you have any kind of group that you work with? Like, is there any groups that you work well, with? Well, now, or, now that
0: I've, I've decided to close my physical office, yeah, I'm now putting a group online. Two I only like I only like working with six moms in a group. So I have two small groups that are coming up. And then probably well, I ha- well, I put it out there, but then moms call me and they say, well, I'd probably like to talk to you. So that's what's been happening a little more right now. But yes, I think a mom group is so
1: helpful. Um, I think it's incredibly helpful. But yeah. with you at the helm, because you're kind of helping them. Uh, to, to To get to some real truths and, and understanding is great. Because you can have mom groups and they all talk and stuff. And we, we all learn where they're getting products or what they did on this thing or that. But if you have someone that kind of leading the group, I think that is key and really powerful. And um, so so you're, I'm so glad to hear that you're doing that and that you, you keep them small. Because- yeah especially I think for men, but also really, especially for women, we get so much by working in these groups and, and these small communities. We, we, we bolster each other when we're feeling low or, Oh yeah, I had that happen to me and it wasn't so bad really, you know? So, um, and for you, because you're not the mother-in-law, you're not grandma, you're not a sister or anyone. You could hear them say things like I am not loving being a mom right now. I, oh, yeah. And they have guilt about that, I'm sure. And we've all had that where I just one day uh, had had it with my daughter, and I just wanted to clock out. Like I was just crying. She was a real tough one. And I just had been so patient, and I was exhausted. And so I know that there's that guilt there too. But they can say those things to you and get that support.
0: Understandable. And understand that it's understandable. We have limits. And right now I going to say something about the pandemic. We have never been in a situation in our world where we have such uncertainty, we don't know what to do. Even our scientists, our people in charge, don't know what to do. And we don't have now patterns in our brain that we can rely on to know how to get through this. This is all new,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all stressful, mm-hmm. and Decision stress, decision fatigue is high, so I remind mothers that, you know, this is a really hard time for everybody, and we, the, we really need to go slower and slower and slower, and I talk to them about school coming up, you know, next week, and to really accept, just know that our kids need more comfort and support than they need the rigor of their math, history, science, and English, you know. It's just, we just need to take the time out a little bit with our school expectations, and let let us just find our way slowly through this very uncertain, very stressful time.
1: I love that because uh, I think a lot of mothers are putting that stress on themselves. I've got to, I got to check all the boxes and I got to work and I got to do all these things. I remember getting really involved in all that and just overwhelmed. I mean, it's a blur me working and, and, and I worked for myself, but you know, um, my kids and all of that. And you just really feel like you get to a point where you're just ticking boxes. And um, right now, like you said, we, this is unprecedented times we don't have the tools that we normally we don't have history that how do how do we do all this? We're learning every day. And well, and the good g- news is though that our children have our
0: parents at home. Yes. This isn't like the last disaster, nine eleven. Right. Where parents went off to work, kids went back to school. The good news is our children have their parents at home. And unlike other disasters like nine eleven, when parents went off to work and right. children went to school, and they had the children had to kind of process their like fear and I'm, what does this mean? They had didn't get to have the real solid ongoing connection with their
1: families and right. their fathers. So this is the good news: that children are getting a lot more support, really. That's the silver lining for sure is that I'm seeing the small children, the small children that I know and the parents, it's very stressful for them, but they all are together. And I see the children and, and again, going back to our reality is not their reality. This is their reality right now. So we are worried that they're not getting more socialization. They're not getting their math, sciences, all those things. But they seem, you know, my husband's grandson seems pretty content. He comes over and he's just, he's good. And we play with him and we do stuff. And, you know, of course he'd love to be with his friends, but um, he does seem pretty content and um, at ease, you know, considering the situation. So um, I think that's a good thing to remember as well, is that their reality is not ours. And, and that you, like you said, they get to be with their parents more. And most kids, when they're little, they really want to be with their parents. They really do. Well, you know what? I would love to keep talking to you about this, but but the, what sounds like the construction went away for a little bit, so maybe we can go a little bit further and chat a little bit more about how we communicate with our kids. Do we talk about, you know, this is pretty awful or gosh, there's something terrible out in the world right now or gee, the world is falling apart. I mean, how do we, because, you know, kids he hear the conversations or the news. Or, how, do you, how do you talk to your moms about that? And I'm sure the groups are talking about it. And how is it, how, how is that, how do you hold those children and make them feel safe? We
0: simply ask questions or we notice if they're, I mean, children are acting out more now with stress. Children are wanting to sleep with their parents more. There's a lot not I mean there's a lot of stress on our children right now too
1: yeah
0: so what we talk about is to just let them say what's going on without us with them without us putting any kind of frame on it even for them right So tell me more what you're thinking well I'm concerned that I'm never going to see my friends again oh really I'm so sorry can you tell me more what you're you're Why you think that? Well, because this is, we're all going to die. Oh, you think we're all going to die. Things like that. You just keep having them pull out. You you have them say whatever's going on. And a lot of times when they hear themselves say these scary thoughts, they start to hear it with a little more detachment. And, and And if I don't go, oh, that's not true, and I don't go, yeah, I don't do anything except. Hmm, really, you really think that? Hmm. And I'm calm and I'm neutral. That says I'm not agreeing, and I'm also not challenging you right now.
1: Wow, that is powerful because I think we all want to sort of correct or make. We all, as moms, want to make our children feel better and sort of, you know, push away that that, that fear or, or make it right. And I love. Paula, that you said that because if we're just giving them the space to say it out loud, then maybe it isn't so terrible. They can kind of deal with it better and we're just a safe place for them to, to, to say these things out loud To, And wow. If, if moms can do this early on, how the kids will feel so safe to, to be who they are and to trust their intuition and to trust who they are as, as people. And that fear and vulnerability and all of those, those things that we feel are okay. It's, it's, wow, I love the work that you're doing. I mean, it's so right on spot for, for our times. And um, I wish you the best success. And I, and I just um, hope that a lot of moms hear this because I know that you are so perfect for this. And I know that, that you're helping a lot of women. So, I'm sorry to cut this a little short, but we are really dealing with those outside noises today. So I, I urge everyone to take a look at um, the, the show notes and uh, seek out Paula because she is putting together groups. Like she said, she's no longer in her offices, but she's doing um, virtual groups. yes. yes. And so thank you again, Paula. I wish you success and luck. And, and, and I know that this gives you a lot of joy, this work. So thank you again for being here today and putting up with all the, the outside noise and, and, and everything. But um, so, okay, Thank you for doing your podcast
0: on resilience. I just think it's a wonderful subject that we really need to keep dialoguing about.
1: So On resilience, on, rel- on staying relevant, on I think embracing the changes that we're always up against. So that we can see where we our best, our best selves are showing up. So, thank you again, and I wish you a great day and uh, and the best the best of, uh, of success for you with, with with what you're doing. Thank you again for listening. You can find links to any mentioned resources, mine and my guest social media, and more, all in the show notes at ElizabethRibbons.com. That's Ribbons with one B enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend or co-worker. Reviews and word of mouth is still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate it. Until next time.